Copies. I think I don't know if they're still going on. And are they still all? Uh, is this still happening? Okay. So that's probably good. You've heard the children outside. All right. All right. First of all, th- a thank you. A thank you today. Thank you to tonight's sponsors, to Rabbi Yisrael Blumen, for dedicating the Lachaims in memory of Mr. Bill Ziv. Zev Shmuel Ben Yisrael, 
Sichon the Brach we opened in the Merit of our Talmud Torah, the Brachas, in Merit Hashem is Nisham Mishnavin Aliyah. And of course, we'll say a general Ashkach to Rabbi Steve for always organizing and for the excellent uh, satellite view of the shul in the picture today. That was really uh, Google Maps. That was great. That was great. Incredible. So nice. Uh, so nice. Brachas to be back with everyone. A very special welcome to Yehuda Learner, who's back uh, just for Pesach, right? Back for Pesach. Everyone knows Yonah. Yonah, Yonah is like a staple of the Shir. He's one of the one of the pillars of the Shir and uh, his brother. His brother Yehuda Baruch Hashem is learning in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, wonderful, wonderful to have the uh, learner brothers with us. So also with that, let us. Uh, it's great. No, but it's just like the drasha. It's fantastic. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> I'm used to this already. This is no problem. Come on. This is much more. I have a four disruption minimum per year, so it's all right. We're good. Where's where's the ice? Where's the ice? Okay, good, good, good. No, no, get it, get it. Leave it there, leave it there, leave it there. No, keep it, keep it down there, keep it down there. <laughs> All right, we'll say so. Let's uh, we're continuing Mir Hashem tonight in the Rebbe. We're going to pick up with Ostes Vav, which is page thirty-six. So, so the Bishnes really has an incredible piece in store for us tonight. We actually we do we didn't finish all all of Yudalid. We kind of left off a few paragraphs short of the end, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with something new to see. Again, it's not new. It's all a continuation of that which we've been uh, learning from the Bar Rabbi Kiva. Joining us as well. Welcome. So just supposed to have you here. Hashem. Beautiful. Three generations. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Baruch Hashem. The Zayda, the son-in-law, the Enochal. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. I'll say with that, let us begin. Oz Tesvav. So the, so the P.H. Nessa says, so it says, Nimsa, Shazosi Tachli, Seinu Betachlis, Chavra Seinu. So what's the Pijasna says, what's our tachlis, right? What is it? It's good, by the way, because every once in a while he reviews this with us a little bit, right? It reminds us, so what, what is our tachlis, right? What is it exactly that we're working on? What's our avoda in the Sefer? He says, the shachlavas hamachshava. We'll say, what's the goal? To expand thought. So again, remember, just for sake of review, so everything that the Piagetsna is teaching us is to stop only seeing with our eyes. Obviously, you have to see with your eyes also, but don't only see with your eyes. Right? There's a whole dimension of life that you can't see with your physical eyes, that you can only see with your neshama, that you can only see with your machshava. So the whole idea is so often in life, we just get caught up that what you see is what you get. What you can perceive with your senses, that's what's real, and everything else is fictitious. And the truth is, there's nothing further from the truth. Often the most real things are the things that you can't see or perceive with your physical senses. So our entire avoda, our, right, our, our entire mission, is to go ahead and expand thought, and by extension, now the truth is, as much as we've been speaking about expansiveness of thought, we know that it's not really the machshava that we're trying to expand, right? What is it ultimately that we're trying to expand? It's the neshama, right? That, that's what we're trying to do. Well, remember again, as the Piagets, though, in the beginning of the Sefer, life is this constant, ongoing struggle between body and soul constant ongoing struggle. When does the struggle end? When does the struggle end? When you die. When you die. Or, or like, even, also, even, even when you're physically incapacitated, the struggle is still going on in some way. It's when we die. After 120, I die. That's when the struggle ends. But every single day up until that day, the struggle is, it, it's, it's dramatic. And some days, we know, some days, it's brutal. 
Sometimes it's an, it's, a, it's an uphill battle to subdue the physical carnal in the face of the spiritual and elevated. So the Piazzesna says, when we speak about expanding thought, expanding thought isn't even the ends. Expanding thoughts is the means, ultimately, to expansion of the neshama. What am I trying to accomplish by expanding the neshama? I want my neshama to become the dominant part of who I am. I will say, you know, a number of years ago in our pre-Dafyomi, this was probably two cycles ago in Dafyomi, probably two cycles ago, we were learning a sefer called Da Es Atzmecha. After we finish, uh, the problem is now we're not the problem. The great thing is we're in the Hachsek cycle now. So I don't think they're stopping anytime soon with anything. But one day, after we go back and finish Tzidka Satzadik, which we left off in the middle of, right? So th- this Sefer Das Atzmacha, which literally means know yourself, is probably one of the most profound Svarim I've ever read in my life. The Mechaber has a whole series. He has Das Yiladecha, Know Your Children. It's a Sefer on Chinuch. You know, he has a Sefer on Marriage. And even what he writes in the beginning of Das Atzmacha, he says something very interesting. He seeks out the idea of creating identity. And he asks a simple question. He says, how do you identify? Now, I know this is a very loaded question. This is the second time today uh, this is coming up, right? How do you identify? As an right? Right? I'm sorry? As an, as an ant without legs. Without, without legs, right? <laughs> at least without one leg. Good. So I'll say, so, so, excellent. Right? You excellent. Know, you could have identified as a New Jersey State trooper. I could. I could. <laughs> <laughs> True. So I'll say, so now, so now, how do I identify? So he says, Am I a body with a neshama, or am I a neshama with a body? And I both say, you say that, you look at yourself, you're like, okay, it's semantics, it's the same thing. It's not the same thing. What's dominant, right? What's primary, what's secondary? Am I a body with a neshama? What that means is, primarily, I'm a body. I happen to be a body that is infused with some level of holiness and spirituality. Or conversely, no, I'm a soul that's housed by a body. Which means my dominant identity is that I'm a neshama, but my neshama can't interact in this world without a guf, without a guf. So therefore, the guf, the body, is the vehicle through which the neshama impacts the world. And I will say it's not a matter of semantics; it gets to the core of how we define ourselves. And I will say, you know what the Piagetsan is essentially saying? You know what he's really saying? How do most of us define ourselves? The reality is just like the de facto definition that we walk around life using: I'm a body with a soul. And that's why everything is driven by the senses, right? And that's why reality is, is created by what I see. And that's why so often I just have difficulty resisting the things that the body wants because, hey, the body's got the upper hand. Was, you know what the Piaget is trying to help us with? He's trying to make us into people who are souls that happen to be housed by a body. The goal is to change the whole orientation to change the way that I see, to change my self-definition, to expand thought, but ultimately with the goal of expanding the neshama. He goes on, I want my neshama to be the dominant, the dominant power over my body. And I want to point out, and this is important, and I will say in general, in general, that, that, one of the beautiful things in Hasidos is, you know, in, in, in non-Hasidic streams, various different streams, so asceticism, right, and self-flagellation and punishing the body, fasting, play, plays a much greater role. One of the things that the Baal Shem Tev taught us was that you don't have to abuse the body in order to atone for sin. In other words, use the body in a different way. I want to point that over here. When the Piazzesta speaks about 
that asserting, asserting soulful mastery over the body, he does not mean achieving that by punishing the body, diminishing the body, depleting the body. The body is good. Physicality is good. Materialism is good. As long as materialism, the body and physicality, is not the one in the driver's seat. In other words, the neshama has to be in the driver's seat. The neshama has to be in the driver's seat. And ultimately, again, that's... Let's say, you know, it's, it's so funny. So I, 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 have this, I have this rental. I have this rental. So I... Uh, sure. Whatever, you know, whatever. I ran into some, I have a very good, I have a very good account, my account family will exit, right, right? It's a rental. So I found, I, found, I found there's a button, there's a button on there, so everybody has like their own, like, uh, they could control their own, um, what do you call it? Uh, temperature. temperature, temperature, right? And then, and then, and seats, and then there's like this master thing, master button on the driver's side, where you could control everything, <laughs> right? No, no, no. I think you're slouching too much, right? We're gonna move. We're gonna move. We're gonna move you up a little bit. You know what? You don't need to heat that high. It's like, but it's such a power trip, right? It's, it's, it's like, it's like. And I will say, the truth is, like, I realize everything is like for a purpose. That's the metaphor over here. In other words, whoever or whatever sits in the driver's seat controls everything else that's going on. So the challenge is that too often the body is in the driver's seat. And when the body's in the driver's seat, so it's just, no, so you, you, you don't need that much air conditioning, right? You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need your seat that far back. You don't need the leg rest. To, yeah, it does have a leg rest, right? You, know, you, right? you, you, don't, you don't need the leg rest to come out. You, 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 you don't need that. You don't, you don't need that. So I'll say, so the Peter Jensen says is, well, one second, if the body's in the driver's seat and it controls everything that's within a shama, then I can't get anywhere in life. So the whole point is put the soul in the driver's seat. Again, the body is still going to be there. The body is still going to be cared for. And by the way, and by the way, Hevra, if the soul is in the driver's seat, does that mean the soul is always in control? No. Why? Because as much as you have that soul as that master button, everybody's still got their own controls. So you may be able to course correct after you see someone do something wrong, but the body's still going to do it. I want to be clear. The Piaget is not giving us a recipe for the absolute total avoidance of sin. That's not the goal over here. The goal is to lead an elevated life. The goal is to become B'nai Machshava Tova. The goal is to become people who see life for what it truly is in its totality. It doesn't mean to live a sin-free life, right? Because sin is part of the fabric of the human condition. But what it means is to have the right entity, to have the right power in the driver's seat. He goes on. He says, Umoshechas, uh, fine. Because remember, if the soul is in control, then I love this line. If the soul is in the driver's seat, then you know what? You could reach heights you never knew were possible. You could reach heights you never knew were possible. I'll say, you know, it's true. Like, if you think about it in, in your mind's eye, if you think about, like, what is the greatest level you think you could reach? It's an interesting question to ask ourselves in general, right? If, if someone were to ask me, which I'm asking, it's a good exercise. If I were to imagine the most incredible, best version of me, what does it look like? What does it look like? How does that version of me act? How does that version of me talk? How does that version of me daven? How does that version of me treat my wife? How does that version of me interact with my How, what, what? So you know what the Piazza Jensen says? Whatever you have in your mind as that image of the best version of you, there's even more. 
there's even more. Because remember, when you're imagining that best version of you, which eyes are you imagining that through? My physical eyes. So by definition, it's going to be limited and stunted. But whatever, so, and again, I'm going to say that, that's like the, the, the ideal me. Whatever I think the ideal me is, I can actually even do more than that. He goes on. Since our goal is to ultimately expose the soul, bring the soul, put the soul in the driver's seat. So I will say, okay, so now I know what I want to do. Right? Let's see, you know, you, know, you know what I feel like in every year at the Piaget's now? I feel like in every year, we get so close to like whatever the answer is, and then like we stop. Right? And, and it's almost as if that's the way like he writes the safer. Like we go, 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 go. Okay, okay, what is it? What is it? Pull back. Right? What is it? Pull back. So I'll say, so he says something amazing. He says, so what's missing? So now, okay, I'm in. I want to be able to see not just with my eyes, but I want to be able to see the deeper dimension of life, right? Rebel say again, you know, I can't stop quoting Shalash this, right? <laughs> I want to see the chariots of Akadish Baruch Hu running through. That's what I want. I want to be able to see that. I want to be able to experience that. Should be Take something to eat, please. All right, so let's say, so, so again, so I, want, I want to be able to see all of that and experience all of that. So the Piaget says, so how do you do it? So how do you do it? Well, so look what he says. He says, um, So what's missing? So he says, um, I'm sorry. So he gives a very simple answer. What's the answer? We'll say, I have to engage in the behaviors that allow my soul to become exposed. And you're thinking to yourself, Okay, I got, what is it? What is it? Just say it already, right? In other words, so the PSG says, what, what do you have to do? I'm going to say, now, what he's telling us is, what he's telling us is that it's all about behavioral modification. In other words, what the PSG is saying is, see, this whole time we've been talking about what happens up here or, or, or in here. But the PSG, and we saw this last year also, the PSG says, the way to affect change in how you think and how you see the world ultimately leading to an expansiveness of the soul is not through thinking, <laughs> right? It's incredible. And it, it's, it's not cognitive and it's not even emotional. It's behavioral. It's behavioral. It's identifying the behaviors that ultimately allow or, or lead to what we'll call soulful expansiveness. It's behavioral. He said, I will say, now what's the, what, what, what is like the incredible news of his behavioral? What's the incredible news? You can change it. See, so I will say, the best, the hardest part about cognitive or cognition, right, or cognitive components is what? It's very difficult to go ahead and, it's very difficult to go ahead and control the way that you think, right? It's, it is, like, it's very hard to regulate thought. That's our point. That's very interesting. You'll notice that whenever in the Torah Kedoshah there is a mitzvah 
about thought or emotion, there's almost always like another interpretation of the mitzvah. I'll give you the paradigmatic example of this. What's the meaning of a mitzvah? What is it? Love Hashem. What's the problem with what's the problem with the mitzvah of love Hashem? How? How, how, first of all, how do you legislate love? You must love me. You must love me. So what does Rashi Kaddish say? Rashi says, no, it means, It means that when you perform the mitzvos, perform the mitzvos out of a sense of love. Meaning what Rashi is saying is, the after is not emotional. And it's not cognitive. It's behavioral. That when you perform mitzvos, should be like whistle while you work, you know? It should look like you love Hashem when you perform mitzvos. Now, one second. Do you love Hashem or don't I love Hashem? What's the answer? Yes. Yes, yes right? <laughs> the answer is yes. And yes, sometimes I'm in love with Hashem, sometimes I'm not in love with Hashem. But guess what? You'll never be able to tell. You know why? Because when I serve Him, it's going to look like I love Him. Now, we'll say, now you'll say to yourself, one second, isn't that shallow? Isn't that shallow? No, not at all. Because we'll say, how do you shape feelings? You shape feelings through actions. This, this, this is something that's so simple, but yet it's so often missed. We see, we think like emotions are something that occur. I will say that's why I like this lushan of, this lushan of falling in love, right? Falling in love is the greatest fiction ever visited upon mankind. No one falls in love. People fall in lust, right? People fall in desire. That, that could definitely happen. But love, I mean, it's like a Sheva Brachas word, but you know, but, but love, right? Love comes from action. Right? Love, love comes from doing for one another. Love comes from giving to one another. Love comes from investing in a relationship. So, we'll say, it's a paradigmatic. So, the after circle is no different. You want to love God? Fantastic. It doesn't start, okay, I'm ready. Bring it in, right? Bring it in. I'm doing my deep breathing, my cleansing breath. I am here by Hindi Mukhan and Muzuman to fall in love with God, right? Okay, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And I'm waiting. Ah, now, now it feels right. Now it feels right. Good. No, no, no it's okay. No, it's okay. It's, it's, you know what? No. <laughs> you know what? No, no it's fine. No, I'm telling you, it's good. It's good. Baruch Hashem. There's really, truth is, there's, oh, I want to come in. Right? There, there's nothing more beautiful, Baruch Hashem, than the cacophony of Yiddish children. Like, it's something just so, so beautiful. It's the Nitzchitz of Klal Yisrael. In any event, so we'll say, so what the Piaget's in the single bear is as follows. So the goal of affecting cognitive and emotional change is through behavior. So now I have to identify what are the behaviors that lead to this mindfulness. What's the, what are the behaviors that lead to this expanded sense of machshava? And ultimately, again, what are the behaviors that therefore lead to expanded soulfulness? That's our question. So we'll say, that's it. So by the way, that's, I just want to point out, like, this is a major, this is a major thing. So we'll say, because I think one of the things that threw us in the beginning of this Sefer, in this Sefer, I was thinking about it, it's, it's almost Pesach, and we were supposed to be done with this by Sokis. But okay, I think maybe I meant next Sokis. Next Sokis. Thank you, Mrs. Ronnie. Thank you. Maybe, maybe perhaps. <laughs> Another Sokis, a subsequent Sokis. So I'll say, so, so w- w- what's been, I think, very challenging about this Sefer is because since the Piagetna has been so focused on cognition and emotion. So it's been something we struggled with. Like, I learned these things, and then how do, how do I actually, it's good, how do, how do I actually put it 
into, into, I was going to say, this is like a spiritual triathlon. I've got kids over here, ice over here, right? It's great. No, it's good. It's good. It's like, it builds my spiritual muscle. Good. If somebody wants to throw candy, like it's enough for a week, then I could uh, round it out. Let's say, so, so what we struggled with so much at the beginning of the Sefer was he's talking about all this stuff with thought and, and I want it. I, I want to tap into it, but I don't know how. I don't know how. Now I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you how. It's not about thought. It's about behaviors. Identify the behaviors that ultimately can lead us to the levels of cognition and emotional, spiritual expansion. So, one of these. so, we'll say, so what's the first step? Here we go. We'll say, here it is. Number one, I, I, I underlined it in the sheets. If you have your own safer, underline it in your safer. Tinag es atzmecha bepshitus utemimos bechol inyanecha. Wow. Piazetna says, be a pasha tayid. Be a simple Jew. Be a simple Jew. Conduct yourself with pshitos. Pshitos, Rabbi Osei, means a simplicity. Tamimos, which we'll just translate for now as an honesty in everything you do. Ki tamimos, hi memshalas hanefesh ala adonaisov. Because Rabbi when a person is able to conduct themselves with a simplicity, a simplicity in life, that represents spiritual dominion or, or soulful dominion over the body. We'll say here this now. We don't we don't yet know fully what this means exactly. But the Piagetna says step number one, behavior number one, is not as much a behavior, but rather it is a way to behave. Behave with pastos. Behave with simplicity. Be a tomim. Just be a simple, straightforward, honest individual. He says, Va'armumius. If you skip down a little bit, if you skip down a little bit, we'll say actually skip to page 37. Just because of time. Skip to page 37. Well, actually, actually, let's finish the paragraph. Let's just start. For Mumius, he holds our nefesh. On the other hand, I will say, when you're a cunning individual, still back on page 36, right after the underline. When you're a cunning individual, he holds our nefesh. So we'll say, cun- cunningness, cunning kite. Cunning. Cunning. Just cunning. I feel like you have to append something to the end of it, you know? Right? Cunningosity, right? You know, right, right. Good. A scheme, right? So I'll say, now, I just want to point out over here. If, 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 on one hand, so pshitos or pashtos means a simplicity. So ultimately, and what's armumius? It's non-simplicity. I guess we would call it complexity. See, armumius, usually armumius means something like crooked, like deceitful. But the truth is, the opposite of simplicity is not crookedness, right? It's not, the opposite of simplicity is not deceit. The opposite of simplicity is complexity. Don't be a complex person. Now, right? The therapists are thinking, we tell this to people all the time, right? Don't be a complex person. Now, we'll say, so what, 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 what is it, right? Do you ever say that? You should say that. It's <laughs> a good line. It's good. Good. Put, put, put it on the website. You know? okay. Okay. So listen to this. He's a movie. He holds it So what, now, what's the shot? See, when a person is complex, that means the body is more dominant than the soul. Because again, see, what is it? What was I Think about this just a moment. When in life do you have to be complex? Let's just play this out. When in life do you have to be complex? Often complexity sets in, you know what? We know when? When I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I will say, often, what's my reaction in times that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? What do we do? We justify, right? All. So that's where the armumius comes, the complexity. And we say, you have to understand something. People 
No one wants to be in a state of wrong. And no one wants to be in a state of sin. I mentioned this before. Rosham Shemifal Hirsch brings down on the Chit Egel, the sin of the golden calf. He said, do you know why the Jews built the calf? Do you know why the Jews built the calf? He said, because they wanted immorality. That's what it was. He said, because they wanted immorality, but they didn't want to be on the wrong side of the law. So what do you do, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a problem. Like, what do you do if you really want immorality, but yet your system says immorality is us? So what do you do? Make a new system. In fact, Rav Shemshon Hirsch says the difference between Avodah Zorah monotheism is in monotheism or Yiddishkeit, my job is to make myself in God's image. Avodah Zorah is I make God in my image. I decide what I want. Mostly it's like the guy who shoots the arrow and then draws the target. Look, look at Bullseye. Bullseye, incredible, right? I got it right where I wanted to get it. That's what I have all the czars. What do you want? What do you want? Decide what you want. And after you decide what you want, we'll go ahead and create a system around what it is that you want so that you don't have to feel bad about yourself. So I will say, so we do this all the time in life. We do this all the time in life. In other words, I know that I'm doing something wrong. So of course, and we all do things wrong. So what, what are you supposed to do when you do something wrong? What are you supposed to do? Fix it. Right, fix it. Even before you fix it. Own it. Just, own just own it. it. Just own it. Right, even because, the dove, see, Dove is a tzadik. Dove is saying fix it. I'm not a tzadik. So sometimes I'll say, I, I'm not, what? You're a chassid. Oh, my, it's incredible. Look at that. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So true. Go big or go home. Right, that's it. That's it. That's it. Beautiful. So I'll say, so what happens? So Dove is saying, great, of course, fix it. A lot of times, like for most of us, we saw this in the that's also like, I'm not ready to fix stuff. I'm not ready to fix stuff for, for whatever the reason, but own it. Own it. In other words, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we, we all live, we all live with a certain level of disconnect, right? We all, not disconnect, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance, but what do you call it? Like, um, Lack of inconsistency. Thank you. Incongruity. Right, incongruity. Good. We all live with a sense of, with a sense of incongruent inconsistency. Huh. No, that's too much. Too much. Too much. Right there. We're not supposed to be, be complex. We're not supposed to be complex. It's true. So, so we, we all live with. We'll keep it simple. We all live. With, we all live with, with inconsistency. So I will say, but the goal in life is just acknowledge it. That's all. Are you not ready to fix it? Okay. You one day, Amir Hashem, I'll get around to fix it. But just acknowledge it. The challenge is, deep down, I'm uncomfortable living with inconsistency. I'm uncomfortable. So how do I take care of that discomfort? What do I do? I just explain it away. And I suddenly go ahead and make the thing that is wrong into something that is right. And if I'm really good, not only is it right, it's a mitzvah. Right? Not only is it a mitzvah, if I'm really good, it's the Ratzon Hashem. Not only is it the Ratzon Hashem, but if I'm really good, even the Ribbon Shalom who was sitting here would give me a shkayach for it. So say, and it's so much energy. And it's so much time. And it's armumius. And it's complexity. It says to be a jasna. Just be pashat. See, people say, pashat doesn't mean I'm always doing the right thing. But pashat means I try to do the right thing. But when I don't do the right thing, I own it. I own it. But see, he goes on. He says, So we'll say, go to page 37 now. Take a look at page 37. So if you take a look at the second line in it, we'll say, it says something amazing over here. It says, We'll say, if you ever want to see, page 37, three lines down from the top. If you ever want to see the most incredible example of Pashtus, of simplicity, well, so you know where you look? Children. 
children. Right? Children are the greatest example of Pashtas. He goes on, he says, skip a little bit more, skip a little bit more. Um, he goes and he says, Kolchino, it's actually on page 37, it's, it's the underlying, underline? yeah. So it's the underlying lines on page 37. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines down from the top, page 37. Last three words on the line. Now, Bosai, this is absolutely incredible. Scott, do you have it there? Kolchino. Uh, Okay, yeah, he's, yeah, he's got his. Kolchino, listen to this. Kolchino shalhayeletu. I always say, children have a chen, right? All children have a chen. I always say, chen is one of those words. I don't know how you translate that in English. Charm, right? Sweetness, a favor, right? In other words, chen. They, they, they just, they, they just, children just have a chen. I always say, where does that chen come from? Because children, I always say, are simple. They're simple. They're not complex. There's a simplicity that's there. Simplicity that's there. We'll say, you know, I had this uh, a few weeks ago. My granddaughter was over, and uh, and she was doing something that she was not supposed to do, not supposed to do, and so like. I had to tell her, which is like the worst thing. Like, I don't want to, I did this already. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> I put in my time telling kids not to do stuff, right? So, but, but, but no one was around. Like, I had to step in over here. Otherwise, whatever. So, Esty, you can't do that. Can't do that. So, you can't do it. So, so I say, see, so you know what happens when you tell a little child you can't do something? So, I saw it. I saw it. The bottom lip starts to quiver, <laughs> right? The quivering starts, looks down, holds her hands. And just begins to cry. Oh. I'm like, Bobby made me do it. You know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, so, so uh, I, I just want to point out, see, because a child has pashtos. See, what what happens? What happens when a ch- see? We'll say, what happens when an adult does something wrong? What happens? When an adult, remember our story from last week? Or two weeks ago, right? What does adult? What does adult do? Not, not me. By the way. Matt Marks bumped me at Kiddish purposely this past week. <laughs> <laughs> he said, not me, not me. <laughs> so he invited inside his plenty wine. So, so I, like an adult, an adult, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm filled with armomius, right? So you get me the most, oh, whoa, 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 I know what this looks like, but no, 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 no. Let, let, me, let me explain to you exactly what it is. A child, a child, there's a pashtos. There's a pashtos, okay, you got me, you got me. Right, fine, so I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. You got me. There's, there's a pashtos that's there. And I will say, says the Piazetsno, that's the entire chen. Like the entire sweetness of a child is just the pashtos. He goes on, he says, Kishem mimo, margishim kilum nashem I will say, you know, when you talk with a child, you feel that it's a genuine dialogue. I will say, you know, one of the hardest things is kind of like we get older and have more life experience and see that sometimes people could really be, unfortunately, disingenuous and deceitful. So I'll say, so you know what happens? You know, you know, you're having a conversation with someone. You ever have a conversation with someone and there's that little voice in the back of your head and it's going like, what's their angle? <laughs> right? What's their angle? Like, what, are, what, what, what does he want? Right? What does he want? Is, is he, you know, working me over? Is he like, like what? What is it? And then you try to drown out that voice because you can't approach relationships like that because it's too cynical of a view on life and a view on people. But it, it surfaces and it resurfaces. You want to see what the incredible part is? No one ever has that voice when they're talking to a child. Right? Isn't it incredible? Because I know I'm talking 
to genuinity, right? I know that I'm talking to pashtos, to simplicity, to honesty. Whether the child listens, doesn't listen, I don't know, right? But, 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 lamaisa, but lamaisa, the dialogue is real. It's pashtos. It's pashtos. He goes on, it's kisholem osodavar. When you ask a child something, literally again, the question penetrates up until the soul. And that's it often, right? A child will give an honest and sincere answer. So it says Now, what is he asking from us? To be like children? To be like children, to give up complex, you know, you know, complex adult intellectual thought. No, I'm not asking you to be a child. Rakshatiya tamim. I will say, be simple. Be simple. Now, again, the Piagetsna hasn't told us yet what that means. I will say, look at the next line. Ulamashal. I will say, here he gives some examples of this. Ulamashal. Kashayish alcha adam davar. I will say, when somebody asks you a question, lo tachshov ech la shivo. Don't think about how to answer. Rather, again, uh, don't think how to answer him in accordance with what's, what does he want to hear? Or how does he want to hear? Or what's societal? You will say, do, do you know, right, the most difficult dynamic in contemporary society, the most difficult dynamic is political correctness. Right? Why? I will say, why? Because you can't say anything meaningful. Because you have to sparse your words. Because if I talk like this, you might think I'm going to say this. Or you might think I'm saying that. Or you might this. Or you might that. And I will say, so suddenly again, you have artificial dialogue that is so shallow. Because no one could just say, I, I, I don't mean saying disparaging things. That's not what I mean. Right? But just talking like just as regular people talk. But everything. I will say, you, you, know, you know where this comes like in the most like... Now, and again, only because it came off twice today, but like, it, it really is like an incredulous thing. The whole thing now, like with pronouns and everything like that also, like I have to tell you, somebody told me a story this week that uh, she was at work, 